G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as Tuesday rolls around, always look forward to a catch-up with Ron Ross, who has been monitoring breaking news as it's coming out of Israel, the Middle East, and, of course, other nations around the world where Israel is concerned. Ron Ross back with us. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Ron, headlines galore. Well, in the U.S., pressure is building on the White House to appoint an envoy on anti-Semitism to deal with the rising problem not only in the U.S., but around the world. What's the latest? Well, it's quite a miracle, isn't it? 167 members of Congress all agreeing on the same thing. I think that's quite amazing in the United States today. The Trump administration is facing increased calls from Democrats, Republicans and Jewish community leaders to appoint a State Department envoy to monitor and combat anti-Semitism, a position the Secretary of State is technically required to fill by law. Uh, 167 members of Congress from both parties urged the President to act, citing a measurable rise in anti-Semitic threats, attacks and acts of vandalism at home and abroad. We the We view U.S. leadership on combating anti-Semitism and promoting human rights as pivotal components of American diplomacy and foreign policy, the bipartisan letter read. The Office of the Special Envoy enables the U.S. to show the world its commitment to these ideals, particularly at a time when anti-Semitism is dangerously on the rise. The letter earns support from some of the nation's largest Jewish organizations. And as our listeners may know, they're not always agreeing with one another, but they have on this particular issue. Well, it's an issue that needs ongoing attention. Ron, another big story that's coming out this time straight out of Israel. And as we look at Israel and its development over these previous decades, just so significant, will now driverless cars uh, coming soon out of Israel. The company Intel just bought the Israeli startup Mobile Eye for more than $15 billion in the biggest high-tech deal in Israel's history. I'm looking forward to the time, Neil, where I can walk up to my car and say, take me to the shopping centre and just get in and go. Uh, Mobileye is working with many of the world's biggest auto manufacturers to pave the way for self-driving cars and trucks. In the biggest deal ever to hit Israel's high-tech industry, US chip giant Intel will be buying Jerusalem's autonomous driving company Mobileye for about $15 billion dollars. The firms announced a definitive agreement on Monday for the Santa Clara, Californian-based Intel Corporation to acquire Mobileye. Uh, Now, I wanted to get to the bit uh, where the CEO starts predicting stuff. He said, this is uh, CEO Ziv Avram, who founded Mobileye in 1999. He laid out his roadmap 
for bringing fully autonomous cars onto city streets and highways. He said they're not a dream anymore. It's not a matter if, it's just a matter of when. He said the first of three phases was the advent of semi-autonomous driving, which is already available in some cars today. Drivers can push an autopilot button when they're on the highway, and the car will remain in its lane and avoid other vehicles. He said by 2018, the next phase, called automated driving, will be available. That system, which will require three cameras, will allow drivers to focus on other things during highway driving. But by 2021, Abram said he anticipates fully autonomous cars will hit the road. So do you feel safer? I'm not sure. (laughs) All I know is, Ron, the older we get, you may be able to say, take me to the shopping centre, and you'll be able to do that because your carer will be able to take you. (laughs) Ron, a Bulgarian church has been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize for saving Jews during the Holocaust. This is an amazing story. Bulgarian-Israeli lawyer Moshe Aloni is seeking support for a campaign to award the Nobel Peace Prize to the Bulgarian Independent Orthodox Church for protecting the country's Jewish minority during the Holocaust. Aloni, head of the Committee for Friendship between the Israeli and Bulgarian Advocates, nominated the church in January for its brave acts of heroism, including voting unanimously to condemn anti-Semitic laws during World War II and for going against planned deportation of the country's 48,000 Jews to Nazi death camps in Europe. In a letter sent to the Jerusalem Post last week, Aloni noted that while the campaign had garnered support from Europe and the US, he sought to gain awareness from the Israeli public. A petition launched last year on change.org in support of this cause has on Sunday gained 740 signatures of a target of 1,000. The petition notes that while the Bulgarian government was an ally of Nazi Germany, the church showed bravery and leadership by fighting against anti-Semitic laws. It made specific mention of two clergymen, Metropolitan Bishop Stefan, the head of the Sophian Church, and the highest-ranking Bulgarian church official during the Holocaust, Metropolitan Kirill, the head of the church in the Bulgarian city of Plovdiv. The pair was named as Righteous Among the Nations by Yad Vashem in 2001, uh, Yad Vashem being the Memorial Holocaust uh, Museum in Jerusalem, for vigorously opposing the anti-Jewish policies of the Bulgarian regime. Kirill is said to have saved the 1,500 Jews of the Bulgarian city of Plovdiv, who were set to be deported in March 1943. According to Yad Vashem, Kirill sent a personal telegram to the king begging for his mercy toward the Jews and contacted the head of the local police threatening to end his own loyalty towards Bulgaria and to act as he wished. Further testimony claims that this wonderful Christian threatened to lie across the railway tracks in order to stop the trains deporting the Jews.
uh, it will be wonderful if they win the award. We'll keep our eye on that. And uh, interestingly, Ron, when you look so far back uh, to the Second World War and a church being nominated all these years later just means that the memory of what happened, the tragedy, the uh, the dreadful human waste that the Holocaust brought uh, still is in the eyes of those who are looking to uh, keep the understanding of that whole issue alive. Ron, last week we were talking about the feast in Israel, the celebration of Purim. Now, the Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, he has shared the book of Esther with a group of children and saying, as in the Bible, modern-day Persia will not succeed. What's the story? (laughs) He was talking about Iran, of course. Um, But isn't it wonderful to have the Prime Minister of a nation doing Bible teaching in a synagogue or a church or whatever? It's just a wonderful privilege for the Israelis. Netanyahu told the children at Caesarea Central Synagogue uh, during the Purim celebrations that modern-day Persia will fail to destroy the Jewish state. Attempts in modern-day Persia to destroy the Jewish state will not succeed, Netanyahu told the children, and uh, that was part of the Purim festival where the Book of Esther is the main basis. Purim observed by Jews worldwide on Sunday and exclusively in Jerusalem on Monday celebrates the reversal of a decree by Persian Empire official Haman who received approval from the Persian king Akhachperosh to annihilate the Jewish people. Before the synagogue recitation of the book of Esther detailing the entire Purim story, Netanyahu asked the children, what is the holiday about? What do we celebrate? Why do we remember? What did they try to do to us then? The children replied, to kill us. Netanyahu asked, where? In Persia, they answered. Did they succeed? The prime minister continued. No, the opposite happened, answered one child. And today in Persia, they also want to destroy us. Netanyahu added, And also today, they won't succeed. As a result, many cheers from many children. Ron, finishing on a really good and high note today too, and back to some Israeli technology, revolutionising heart attack detection with just the drop of blood. Well, I'm a diabetic and I take my readings with just a drop of blood, and that's how we're going to detect uh, heart attacks. Israel technology changed the face of heart attack detection with a kit so small it fits in the palm of your hand. The results are available within minutes. Just one drop of blood can tell within minutes if a patient has had a heart attack thanks to a revolutionary kit developed in Israel that's already saving hospitals time and money. More important, it can save lives. A health professional needs only one drop of blood to let a patient know if a heart attack has occurred. Miracles continue to come out of that amazing place. Uh, Well, Ron Ross, always so good getting your insights and uh, some amazing stories coming out of Israel, coming out of the Middle East, uh, some disturbing ones and some encouraging ones too. Uh, Thanks so much for taking some time to uh, share your heart as well as these headlines with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. 
Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.